This is what should be done by the one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties, and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm, and wise and skillful, not proud and demanding in nature, let them not do the slightest thing, let the wise would later reprove, wishing in gladness and in safety, may all beings be happy, whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seeing and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be happy, let none deceive another, or despise any being in any state, let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another, even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outward and unbounded, free from hatred and ill will, whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection, this is said to be the sublime abiding, by not holding to false views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being free from all sense desires, is not born again into Well done. So, this will be my last Monday here in the Cambodian temple and uh, then because the rain is starting and I will go back to Bodhinyana for the rain. Not sure if anybody else will teach on Mondays but anyway. So over the last couple of weeks I've been talking about uh, how to still the thoughts in our meditation and I've got many more thoughts about that. <laughs> So, would you like me to continue? <laughs> okay, I, I will. Um, might as well make it a whole series about stealing the thought. Well, first of all, when we were just reciting a Metta Sutta, I realized, may all beings be happy. That's a nice intention, but it will never happen. <laughs> In my opinion, anyway, because 
and always be beings who suffer. No matter how hard we try and whatever we do in life, people get sick, people get angry, people and other beings uh, die. So it will never be the case that all beings are happy. And the Buddha also said in one of the discourses, uh, I'm not upset uh, this about the Buddha actually. Like, yeah, the Buddha is not really concerned about whether all beings attain nirvana or only a couple of them or only a third of them. He just teaches the path and it's up to beings to follow it or not. <laughs> well, so maybe not all beings will uh, be happy, but the Metta Sutta is not about the result, whether all beings are happy or not, but about the intention that we have. Radiating kindness over the entire world. It's our kindness that matters, our attitude, and not uh, whether beings actually are happy, but the wish that they are happy. Yeah? You see the difference there. Now, the same is can be applied in our meditation. What matters is, is not so much does our mind become still and happy in the way that we want it, but what matters is the attitude that we have towards our mind. Yeah? May my mind be still and happy, maybe that could be a line. It's an intention of kindness, it's not a, a demand. Yeah? We don't demand all beings to be happy, we also don't demand our mind to be still. But we can still have that kind intention towards the mind. It's a slight difference between the, a demand and this kind attitude, but it's a very important one. Because once we start demanding things of our minds, it'll never, never listen. But if we have the kind attitude and just allow the mind to become peaceful by itself, then we have a much more likely chance, much higher chance that that will actually work. That's been my my uh, experience anyway. That's the way I've been taught for many years as well. And uh, I think it's a very wise thing to keep in mind. So that's some of the things I already talked about last week, about having a right attitude towards our mind, to not be uh, demanding and to not become angry. I think I started a couple weeks ago with the simony of the demon in the king's palace, didn't I? Yeah. So don't treat your mind like a demon in the king's palace that you have to expel. But be kind to it and let go and, and find peace more naturally, not forcefully. Because it's possible actually to sort of find some sort of stillness through force. People can get semi-deep meditations like by forcing the mind to be still. When I was uh, first starting to quote unquote meditate I did not have any instructions I just was thinking too much as a, in my teens and I couldn't fall asleep and I vaguely remembered that I ha had read something about meditation making you uh, more peaceful I tried to find that article again but I couldn't find it and I didn't have internet at the time so I just uh, decided okay I'll try just make my mind still then as and I just I did it lying down in my bed and just tried to make my mind still through all sorts of uh, forceful techniques. I mean, it worked in a sense. My mind did get still, uh, 
and I got some interesting experiences out of it. But later I learned that it only goes so far. And it's not really like uh, giving you joy and peace. It just gives you a sort of forced kind of stillness. And I could make again the comparison with holding the water still, you know. You can, uh, it'd be helpful if I. No, there's two types of stillness. You can force it still. It sort of becomes still if I hold it like this, but it's not super still. It becomes much more still if I put it down and just let it settle. And these are the things I already talked about and you already heard a million times before. <laughs> water. But it's important to keep that in mind. Now, I don't know about you, but in my experience sometimes when I meditate, and I do this, this attitude, kind, just let it be, just let the mind do whatever it wants, in a way just let it go. And what happens? I let go and Thinking, 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 thinking. I'm sort of happy there, thinking, letting go. And my, it's like the natural thing that my mind does is, is think when I let go. Do you recognize that? Yeah. yeah. Right, so then like, ah, oh, that technique doesn't work, letting go. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes you let go and it's just not, not enough in a way. And it helps if you already have a certain mindset and then you let go, then it works automatically. But sometimes you need a little bit more. And today I want to talk a little bit about two techniques that might help to still use letting go, but also use a little bit of, uh, I wouldn't call it force, but a little bit of technique to find some stillness as well. And then afterwards you can, uh, if you want, choose either of those two techniques or maybe even do both in your meditation. And one technique is taught by the Buddha, and he actually said that that technique is specifically, in one of the texts he says, is specifically helpful for stilling the thoughts. Are there any of you who know what I'm talking about? Knowledge of the Sutta. It's actually mindfulness of breathing, Anapanasati. The Buddha says it's very helpful for uh, stilling the thoughts. And I'll tell in a moment how that is the case. And another technique is uh, not taught by the Buddha, but very helpful and taught by uh, in, uh, Thai Ajans in books that I read. I never met them, but that is uh, to use a, a mantra like Buddha. Have you, have you heard of that before? Yes. Yeah. I find it very helpful as well. So I'll, I'll just teach you both uh, a little bit. So. They come down to the same thing because it's sort of um, instead of just letting go completely and letting the mind find peace all by itself, you sort of nudge it in a certain direction by having a simple object to focus on, and that can either be the breath or the Buddha mantra or an, another mantra, or actually you can also do both at the same time. Actually, so you make like a simple object for the mind to focus on. And let me 
talk first about the breath and you all have done breath meditation before but uh, the way Arjun Brown teaches it he often says how oh, the breath comes automatically in your meditation have you heard him say that? Yeah? which is uh, often true but sometimes it's helpful actually to I find to purposefully focus on the breath or uh, not your mind towards the breath because it can be very peaceful the breath just goes in and out and you just focus on it and use it as a, a way to have no more room for the thoughts in a way or less room anyway because you're already content with the breath and the thoughts they might sort of pop up and stuff but you just return to the breath and it takes a little bit of balancing because I, I, I understand why Adam Brown teaches that way because often when people are told to focus on the breath they become very forceful about it they, uh, they, they focus on the breath like like that, you know, like holding it very tightly if you know what I'm trying to say they really, uh, they lose the breath oh, back to the breath two seconds later they already lose the breath again oh, back to the breath they lose the breath again, oh, back to the breath and that doesn't cause peace then you're just disturbing more and more so you have to find a balance and, but sometimes it's very useful to actually tell your mind okay, let's focus on the breath now and if you do that, it's, and you find your mind moves away from the breath all the time, then it can be very helpful to make the breath more interesting in some way. To have something more to focus on than just the, the, the feeling of breathing in and out. Because that feeling itself can be quite boring. <laughs> you know, it's just the breath going in and out. Nothing much special about that. Um, however, the Buddha gave one technique, which is to not just focus on the breath, but to notice how long is my breath? Is it long or short? And then just to know that. That gives you something to investigate. And it, it adds a little bit of interest to the mind, because instead of just looking at the breath going in and out, you try to keep track of how long it is. And then it also doesn't matter if for a moment or two you, you you lose the breath for a little bit because as long as you know generally what the beginning and the end is then you know how long it is so you also don't have that idea that you fail if you just lose it for a moment because you're still following the Buddha's first instructions which is just to know how long it is right? to know how long the breath is you don't have to be continually with the breath you just have to sort of know the beginning and the end of each in and out breath and sort of know generally how much time is in between. That's how the Buddha starts his instructions on Anapanasati. And only then he says, you, you focus on the whole breath, which means from the beginning to the end without losing it and from the end to the beginning again. You know. But you don't start with full attention on the breath. You just only know how long it is. So that is one way to make the breath more interesting. Yeah? Just to know how long it is. And there's many other ways that you can make the breath more interesting. People do like counting and all, all sorts of stuff. But I don't want to make my instructions too, uh, too much detail at the same time. So for today I will just give you that 
advise to focus on the length of the breath instead of trying to be with every moment of the breath from the beginning. They're just meditating, you know. You generally know how long the breath is and you don't have to like count it in seconds or whatever, but just know, okay, now it's kind of long, now it's kind of shorter in between. You don't have to even say that to yourself. You, sort of, you just know, you know. Um, can you relate to that? Yeah. Like you sort of know how if something takes long or short. And, and uh, yeah, so that, that's what you do. And you follow the Buddha's first steps of Anapanasati. And it's very helpful to uh, do that with a little bit of intention rather than just letting it come totally automatically by letting go, I find. Because you have something to focus on and your breath or your thoughts will become more still. So that's the first technique you can try. Usually I might just stop there and just let you give only one technique, because, but because I won't be here next week, I might as well introduce the other one as well, about uh, using some sort of mantra, like Budo. Because often what is so attractive about thoughts is the, the content, you know. It's not, 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 not just uh, listening to the voice, but, but, but actually the meaning of the thoughts is what interests us. If our thoughts would be in a language we don't understand, then <laughs> they would be pretty quickly become very boring. <laughs> Like when people speak Cambodian here, I'm not interested in what they have to say because I don't understand anyway. But if people start talking English, then I listen. I, what are they talking about? And it's the same with our thoughts in our mind. It's only interesting because we sort of understand what it is about. It's the content that's interesting, not the noise itself. And now by using some sort of mantra um, and one of them is Budo. You, you're still thinking, but it's very boring content in a way. It's just Budo, Budo, Budo. Yeah. And, and so your mind becomes still in a way that it doesn't create all this uh, what they call proliferation or oh, it's various kind of topics that come up. It's one, one topic, Budo, one, one, one sound in a way in your mind. And the way it's uh, generally thought, taught in the Thai forest, as far as I know, as I said, I've never been there, but is that uh, on the in-breath you, you do bud, and on the out-breath you do do. And maybe Stephen, is, you can uh, confirm whether that's right or not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so you do bud, do, and you can make it longer, bud, do. And the reason that the uh, that is taught like that is because for many are Buddhists, the word Buddha is also very inspiring. You know, Buddha is a Buddha awakening, what it means, and become inspired by that. But you can also find your own mantra. Uh, easily satisfied, maybe, would be a mantra. Yeah? Peaceful and calm, or whatever. Peace. Breathing in peace, out calm. Peace. Calm. Peace. Calm. 
I already become more, a little bit more peaceful just by doing that and even speaking it aloud. So that's what you can do, just put that kind of a mantra inside of your mind and uh, then also again do it in a gentle way and don't be too forceful about it. And if you do that, at, a, at some point you'll notice that uh, that mantra sort of has served its function because your mind sort of becomes more still and at first you do the mantra, it becomes, it's quite peaceful because you don't have all those various thoughts anymore about all these subjects, you just have the simple thought of the mantra. But at some point the mantra itself becomes a little bit of a burden because now that becomes the most disturbing thing in your meditation in a way. If you have to say Buddha all the time, then you just drop it and you can find some quiet instead. Yeah. There's a little step in between from thinking to quiet, you go from thinking to just thinking that mantra and then to quiet. So that's two things to, to try. Um, just instead of waiting for the breath to come naturally, actually to um, invite your mind to focus on it and a way to make it more interesting is by looking at the length of it and another thing you can try is to use a mantra like Buddha or peace and calm together with your breath to uh, still the thoughts so we'll be meditating in a moment and just if you want to try any of these please just pick a one and don't go switching around and try everything so um, maybe just decide now what you do think will be helpful. Or you can do your own thing as well and just leave this for maybe a later day. That's all up to you, but don't go mess around, do all sorts of things at the same time, especially when the techniques are new to you. Yeah. So maybe make a determination now what you're gonna do. And also, don't rush it. Don't start straight away with your focusing on the breath or your mantras. I won't do a guided meditation, but or unless you want me to. No, okay. So start by relaxing your body, arriving at the present, etc. What we usually do, and only then, um, after maybe five, ten, fifteen minutes, no rush at all. When you feel ready, then you can do these uh, additional techniques. Okay. Would you recommend a body scan? Body scan I would recommend as well if you feel like doing that. Yeah. yeah. I have nothing against that. That's just another another way to uh, meditate. You find that you
hang around a little bit afterwards if you have any more questions. But message to the dedication of merits and pay respects to the Buddha and Dhamma Sangha. So then anybody who wants to go uh, can go. Now let us chant the verses of sharing and aspiration. Through the goodness that arises from my practice, may my spiritual teachers and guides of great virtue, my mother, my father, and my relatives, the sun and the moon, and all virtuous leaders of the world, May the highest cause and evil forces, celestial beings, guardian spirits of the earth, and the Lord of death, may those who are friendly, indifferent or hostile, may all beings receive the blessings of my life, may they soon attain the threefold bliss and realize the deathless, through the goodness that arises from my practice and through this act of sharing, may all desires and attachments quickly cease and all harmful states of mind until I realize Nirvana in every kind of birth. May I have an upright mind with mindfulness and wisdom, austerity and vigor, May the forces of delusion not take hold, nor weaken my resolve. The Buddha is my excellent refuge, unsurpassed is the protection of the Dhamma. The solitary Buddha is my noble Lord, the Sangha is my supreme support. Through the supreme power of all these, may darkness and delusion be dispelled. Oh. I think the first week I was here, I asked you, can you tell me what the threefold bliss is? And nobody knew. And I took it up, looked it up. And it's uh, happiness in this life, happiness in the next life, and enlightenment. That's the threefold bliss. Arahang Sama Sambuddho Bhagawa Buddham Bhagawantam Arimani Swakato Bhagawata Dhamma Dhammanasam Supatipano Bhagavato Savakasango Sankhana 